I think from my own experience of having my own channels and at different points feeling more lost on how to improve and and sometimes knowing like, well, everything needs to get better. Maybe the most valuable thing we can do when we're giving feedback to others or even just evaluating our own channels and trying to figure out what to focus on is to just pick one thing. Right. Just maybe show somebody your video and say one thing. And that's not like production is that's audio. Right. Or camera settings or Mm -hmm. lighting Mm -hmm. or storyline or intro or outro not everything and then make three videos like that see if you can get it better and then ask the same question again to yourself or somebody else Welcome back to the Creative Files podcast. Me and Nathan are going to be talking about uh, obstacles for getting your YouTube videos filmed because I think that actually making videos is the hardest part of being a YouTube creator. And every step of that is challenging in its own way. And I think different people are challenged more by different steps. And sometimes it changes over time too. Like for a while, you might feel the most intimidated and the most procrastination over your filming setup. But then once you get in a groove and you kind of maybe learn some things that were problems for you in the past, then maybe planning videos becomes the hardest part for you. Or maybe it just depends on the week, but we want to talk about how to get past all of these roadblocks. And we have categorized them into three categories. So those are time, energy, and resources. I'm sure there's more, but I think most things fall under these umbrellas. Nathan, which ones are your biggest hurdles right now on your channel? I haven't really thought about it in that way. So, okay, resources. I think I have everything that I need to make a video. Mm-hmm. I film on a phone. I did just get a lav mic pretty recently. Very excited about that. Let's talk about that. You were filming for a while without a lav mic? Yeah, so I was using my iPhone. I just have like an iPhone 12. It's not the newest one. It works just fine though. Yeah. But I would film using you know like the little apple headphones that have the little microphone i was just using that so i could hand hold my phone and then i'd plug the headphones in and then i could use (laughs) i'd like sometimes loop it on my shirt so that i didn't have to hold it but i would just use that as the microphone it didn't sound great uh, but it was kind of what i had and then i did have like a desk setup i found like a 30 dollar uh, kind of podcast style microphone oh, cool. that I had for a desk setup. Uh, but I wanted to hold off to get a little bit of a nicer lav mic because I knew I wouldn't be filming at a desk all the time. And so I ended up finding a good deal on Facebook Marketplace yeah. and got a great lav mic deal. So anyway, I have a lav mic. I have a camera, a tripod. I just, again, a little bit like a month or two ago, found a tripod at a thrift store that was like three bucks. So anyway, I think resources wise, I think I'm good. Yeah. Um, so you said, let's go back really quick yeah. to the to the audio. You said that the audio wasn't the best. Did anyone notice or comment? No, I don't think so. I mean, there's, there's like nobody watching the videos yeah. anyway at the beginning of the channel. So it wasn't too big of a deal. I kind of made a joke of it. Mm-hmm. Like my desktop mic that I had, well, that was a, sorry, <laughs> that was a, annoying uh the desktop mac that i was using it didn't have a pop filter on it funny Uh enough so like (laughs) it was sounding kind of that all the time yeah and so i found a black sock and i like put it over the microphone for the pop filter and it kind of became a joke because i was like trying to hide at first but it was just 
showing and I had like, it had like little like specs on it. So I was like sharpieing the specs so that it looked like just a microphone cover. Uh, but yeah, I don't think anyone really noticed until I started joking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then at that point it was kind of just a joke and no one really cared. That's awesome. Yeah. It kind of fits your brand of your channel too. Yeah, I think it totally did. That's awesome. And so you don't feel like the audio with any of those with the Apple mic or that was bad enough that you'd want to unlist the videos. No. Okay. But that's, I think just a big part of my personality. I, I don't care if it sounded, I mean, I, it didn't sound great, but it was, I think plenty good for it's a channel just getting started. People. Right. Yeah. Well, like, and there were, like I said, most of those videos have less than a hundred views still. Like there was pretty, they were small videos. It was just at the very beginning of the channel. Um, but as we ramped up, I got that other desktop microphone that I used a little bit more and I figured out how to make that sound a little bit better. And I learned little tricks with the the Apple headphones that I could do to make them sound a little better. So yeah. it just all worked out. Yeah. So you basically, you don't have all of the gear you'd like to have. Right. And you're not making an excuse out of it. Right. So that's awesome because a lot of people would just decide to wait. And I really love that you're just making the videos anyways until you found a great deal. Yeah. Okay. So what? Sorry for derailing so much. No, what good. are your actual um, hangups? Okay, so resources, no. Time, this one's tough. Yeah. Because I think time and energy kind of work really closely together. Yeah. Life has been really busy. And so I think that time definitely plays into it. But probably the biggest one right now, because um, I think I can find time during the week, the biggest one's probably the energy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I typically come into work really early, uh, which means I'm, up early and then I go to bed pretty early. And so there's not a lot of evening time. Well, I know a lot of people film after the kids are in bed or little things like that. I just don't have that time in the evening because if I don't go to bed early, like I just won't be able to keep my work schedule. Yeah. And so typically I need to find some time during the late afternoon or early evening to film, which is just a tough time. You know, I get home and I want to play with my baby and have fun and be with my family and I don't always film like or feel like filming. And so that's probably the biggest one. And that's probably why I procrastinate my editing and filming and all of that. Um, so probably the, just the energy part of it. Yeah. And so you're identifying that more as energy than time. I think so. There's, I mean, there's always going to be other stuff you want to do with your time. Right. Especially if you're tired and you want to sleep or you want right. to rest or you want to watch shows yeah. or play with your baby. So that makes sense. And do you ever think that it would be better to try to fit that in at a different time, like more on the weekends or more like right before bed instead of in the afternoon? Are you pretty sure that's the best time to do it and you just have to make yourself do it? Um, I think in my current schedule, it's the best to just make myself do it. I could totally change that up. Like on the weekends, this is maybe more information than anybody wanted, but like on the (laughs) weekends, so like I wake up early every morning. Um, Typically our baby gets up not much later than after I leave. So up pretty early. So my wife is up early. And so the weekends is like the time we're at home. And so typically on like Saturday and Sunday, I'll get up with the baby early on like Saturday so that she can sleep in a little Mm. bit and then she'll do the same on Sunday. So it's just like we each get one day off for in the mornings. And so getting up on a Saturday, um, I've got the baby when I'm up. And so that doesn't really work for me in my current schedule. And then on Sunday I could get up early like I have that sleeping time that's my one day a week and I don't want to give it up and so that's just I think a really perfect example of I could totally do that like on a on an early Sunday morning but that's my one day a week that's my one sleeping day I'm I don't feel like giving that up but I totally could you know yeah I think that's why it's energy for me yeah uh, and not time 
Yeah, you've identified another time that you could give something up that you right. would rather give up right. a different time. Yeah, And occasionally I will give up some time. Like just, I think it was yesterday or the day before, I came into the office like an hour and a half early so that I could, I just filmed and edit, or I didn't film here, I edited here um, oh. and just made that extra time because I'm, I'm like procrastinated a lot. I had a video going out today. I needed to get that editing done. So I did wake up. I just woke up early and then, you know, so Red Bull. 4.30 a.m. as you got yeah. here? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's not ideal, and I don't think I could do that every day. But given the procrastination, I just didn't leave myself any other options. Oh, you're hustling! That's so, impressive. Got to get those vids out. Yeah. Well, okay. I feel I feel like very lazy after hearing <laughs> that you got up at I don't know three thirty ish. It's three? early. Yeah, it's early. But That's early. But that is early. But here's the thing. I mean, I think everyone has a different issue. So yeah, I guess what what do you think for your channel right now is your main holdup? I think I'm just having a really hard time with like the vision of it, which it sounds so like abstract and a lame excuse. And it is, but I'm not like really excited about any specific video ideas right now. I feel like I'm pretty confident that I could grow the channel if I work at it, but it's so abstract. Like I really need things to feel concrete. You know, I need my inputs to, to feel super solid the way I set goals. And so when I am setting goals for something abstract, I have to just make it feel more concrete in some way, even if I'm kind of lying to myself. Yeah. And so I think if I just set, I need to set like a goal of, you know, 30 videos by the end of the year or some, some goal to shoot for so that there's deadlines. I just can't have it be abstract. Okay. I also noticed a lot of problems with just like energy. Mm -hmm. So when I get done working here, I have time, but I don't feel like working on videos right. anymore because I've been right. doing it all day. But I think if I do a little bit, that's not going to kill me. I just mm -hmm. need to get started, do like 20, 45 minutes. Maybe I'll tell myself it'll be 20 minutes if it ends up being 45. Sure. Right. I have that much more energy. I mean, mm -hmm. sometimes I end up working 45 minutes right. extra here. Right. So I know I can do it. I just need to make myself. I actually recently, I was reading Atomic Habits by James Clear and he said that your chances of completing a habit go up drastically if you say the time and the place and the exact habit that you're going to do it. So, you know, I'm going to work out at 7 a.m. on the floor of my kitchen. I don't know, right. whatever, it doesn't matter. But you have to say when, where, specifically. And so I actually wrote out each step of the video production process. So like when I'm going to film, when I'm going to plan, all of that. And I wrote out exactly when and where I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. And I found that for me, I think the best way to do it, I'm going to have to try it for a little while, but I think the best way to do it is to have the time and the place be different for each step. Like for outlining a video, maybe I want to take a lunch break and work on outlining. Actually, right. I put outlining on Saturdays because I know that outlining takes a lot of creative energy for me and I don't want to feel rushed and I don't want to feel like drained of energy. I know on Saturday morning, if I sleep in, I'm going to feel fine. Right. So I decided Saturday morning at my desk before I have coffee, which will <laughs> motivate me um, at my house. And so like, I'm going to hopefully do that. And it, I right. put the deadline as no later than 11 a.m. So I can sleep in as late as I want, but right. it can be earlier. Right. For every step though, I did that. Sometimes it's the evening, sometimes it's the morning, sometimes it's midday. And it's different for each step, but I put the exact location, time and place. So we'll see how that goes because I was noticing that different steps of the process were posing different obstacles and different mm -hmm. excuses and different reasons that I was procrastinating. Yeah. I think it's really interesting. You mentioned that like energy wise, it just feels like after you do something all day, it's really hard to go home and then do it for yourself. I think about, I was trying to think like a, 
like what else you could relate that to? Maybe like an Amazon delivery driver and they deliver packages all day for whatever, eight, 10, 12 hours. And then they go drive DoorDash as a side hustle doing more delivery. Yeah. That would probably be the worst side hustle for an Amazon driver because it just feels like they're driving for 16 hours a day. Yeah. They'd probably do much better finding a different side hustle. So I think that maybe you're probably at a little, like we're probably at a little bit of a disadvantage just because it is really hard to totally focus on that one thing for so many hours in a day. And maybe that's a little bit of a unique position, but I think a lot of people can identify with that, at least with aspects of the video planning or filming or editing or whatever. Like it feels similar to something that they do, you know, throughout the rest of their day that just makes it really hard to get into. Absolutely. If you're mentally drained for any reason, even if it's not like, you know, making videos at work and then making videos after, it's going to be really hard to motivate yourself to do Mm -hmm. it. And there's the time aspect of everyone has other things they want to do with their time once they get done with their day job. Right. So yeah, it's hard for everyone. I think you're right. It is a little bit uniquely hard for us in that way. But then it also feels like it shouldn't be like, I know this process so well that it feels like it should be 10 times easier for me. And so maybe I'm almost too hard on myself Mm. thinking, you know, beating myself up for not having the energy when really I just need to recognize why it's hard Mm -hmm. and then work around that Mm -hmm. instead of just feeling guilty all the time. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Let's talk. I'm just interested on your channel. Let's talk about resources. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you feel like there's any issue there? Like, any excuses being made as far as like resources go with the actual like tangible cameras, mics, mm-hmm. lighting, not really. Mm-hmm. Um, my lighting is not great, but it's good enough for uh-huh. sure. I have a decent camera. I have a good, decent lab mic. Sure. Same one you have. I do feel like the technical skills are lacking. Okay. We have people here that are really good at that. And Honestly, I think it's been a bit of a handicap. Like to teach YouTube strategy, at least what we teach on Channel Makers, we don't really need to know like exactly. We, I mean, haven't even got into it on Channel Makers much exactly. The camera settings and all sure, that. Like sure. we know what good looks like. We know mm-hmm. what a good, you know, mm-hmm. even good framing and, and things like that and in focus and- Like the basic basics. The basics, yeah. yeah. But how to actually execute it, um, it's definitely not my strong suit. And yeah. if I- have a problem. I find it so frustrating because like it's just harder to, I don't even know what question to ask. Like if I have a bad video, I feel like I can look at it and say, okay, well I need better storytelling and maybe I don't even know how to do that, but I know how to research storytelling mm-hmm. or I know how to research like how, to, how can I make this intro better? I can tell the intro sucked. But when I'm trying to get a camera to look better, like sometimes I don't even know the question to ask. <laughs> And so that can be really frustrating for me is yeah. Not feeling like I have the technical skills mm. there. So yeah, no, that I, makes sense. I put that in the resource category. It's not a time or energy mm-hmm. problem. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's so funny. Cause I feel like I'm probably in a very similar boat. Like yeah. technically speaking, like I just don't like, okay, here's the difference. And I almost just said, I just don't care. <laughs> like <laughs> based on what I know about you and your personality, like you care about like all those little details. Do you feel mm-hmm. like, that would fall into the realm and I'm, I'm not being accused right here like yeah. perfectionism do you feel like there's an element of that or do you feel like it's just you need to set a decent enough like set the bar high enough or like have a baseline or do you feel like you could let some of that go and it'd probably be okay or do you feel like it's to the point where like the camera looks bad enough where if you tried to film it would just like be black i don't know like you just couldn't see it all yeah good question um in the past it's definitely been like 
so bad mm-hmm. where some of the videos still by some miracle did well. Right. And that was before right. I, before I worked here. Now I think probably decent, mm-hmm. decent enough to where I'd be like, no, oh, it's good enough. Just publish. Right. Until I show people here and they're like, uh, right. What's that? And things I don't notice or think right. like, well, I know it's not completely perfect, but mm-hmm. it sounds good enough. And they're like, no, it's, it's really okay. Not. That's a really interesting. I don't want to cut you off. That's yeah. just such an interesting thing because I ha- I feel like I have a similar experience and I don't think it's a bad thing. I think, like you said, our team here is very experienced. Everyone has their specialties and they yeah. do stuff really well. I will often, if I ask for feedback, I end up getting a lot. And <laughs> oh. I think that's a good thing, but I know sometimes like that's like, oh man, I did just such a crappy job that the people here think it sucks. Yeah. Um, but me personally, I don't care. <laughs> like those things that I got the feedback on, it's just like, okay, yeah, I know that that's not perfect, but it's good enough for me. Like, I just don't care. Now, I think you brought up an interesting point. Like you maybe had feedback where people say, oh, well, this would be taken more seriously if it looked better. I think that that's totally valid feedback mm-hmm. because like if you are t- like teaching something or like having a semi-professional or educational or informational channel, that makes a big difference. I'd say this for the style of my channel, it's a little bit more fun connection type content where like friendly, fun, happy story, not like we're not really teaching you much in in a lot of our videos, some that we do, but in that style of videos, like if my white balance is off eh, Mm -hmm. don't care if it's a little out of focus, eh, don't care. It almost adds to the content. In my opinion, it's just like, I just don't care. Like maybe that's real. Yeah. It just feels real. And so uh, I think sometimes we are just too hard on ourselves and the feedback we're either giving ourselves or we're getting from other people around us. I think it's okay to take that feedback and say, but does it really matter? Because I think when we talk about hurdles in general, these are barriers that either we put in place or we've received feedback and it made us think a specific way. Not all feedback has to be taken. And I think that that's a really important thing. And that's like probably most importantly, self-feedback. It's just like, oh, I watched the video and it's just not exactly what I wanted. If we always just take that and say, you know what? It wasn't good enough. I'll just try again. If we always do that, it may never be good enough. And I think I I run into that when I talk to a lot of creators. It's like, I have some really good ideas. And when I watch some of their stuff, it's like, yeah, it's definitely not perfect. But if you just practiced with the intention of always publishing, no matter what, and then improving, like take the feedback and then take what's important. I, I feel like that would be just such a much better mindset rather than taking all the feedback and letting it just kind of bog you down. Yeah, absolutely. And when we're giving feedback, it's so easy to say like, oh, do better this, do better this. Mm-hmm. Basically make a perfect video. Mm-hmm. But what we can't really wrap our heads around often is the opportunity cost. Right. Like I can look at your video and tell you a million things that you already know that right. could be better but you don't have infinite time to work on it right. and you're trying to maintain a publishing schedule. Right. And so what is really worth it? Cause most things end up taking more time. It's very rare that there's something that's just like exactly the same amount of time. And so that's like something you really have to consider when you're getting feedback is, and, and be receptive. Like don't just Definitely. ignore things and make excuses, but be honest with yourself on, do you have enough time to make that change? And is it worth it? Right. And what else would you have to give up? I think, from my own experience of having my own channels and at different points feeling more lost on how to improve and and sometimes knowing like, well, everything needs to get better, but I don't even know where to start. I think maybe the most valuable thing we can do when we're giving feedback to others or even just evaluating our own channels and trying to figure out what to focus on is to just pick one thing. Right. Just maybe show somebody your video and say, 
one thing. And that's not like production is that's audio right? or camera settings or mm-hmm. lighting mm-hmm. or storyline or intro or outro, not everything. And then make three videos like that. See yeah. if you can get it better and then ask the same question again to yeah. yourself or somebody else. Yeah. Really good idea. So recently on the channel makers channel, we actually experienced something that I would say doesn't like the whole, I'll explain the scenario here, but something happened to me that I just didn't totally expect. Yeah. So like we have a lot of very talented people here. Maybe me included in that. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, But like things happen, like things totally happen. So Julia and I were recording a channel makers video and we've recorded and the cameras were out of focus, which like had never like occasionally happened. And then we recorded another video because we didn't realize it the first time. And we, the cameras were out of focus and then we tried and fix it and they were out of focus. It was just like, what is going on here? And it was so frustrating and we had to do some refilming, which I despise refilming content. It's just like the most soul sucking thing that, that could possibly happen to me. I think it's so but, funny. I don't know if I've told you this. I kind of like it. You like refilming. Yeah. That's so funny. It feels like a second chance to like do a little oh. bit better. Which it is, but Not, oh, yeah. it's so, it. it's terrible. I would rather run 25 miles. Oh. I don't know. It's terrible. Okay. okay. Get past that. And so we had to refilm because it was just unusable. It was like to the point where our A cam was out of focus and the B cams weren't going to cut it. Like, and we had like put different cameras in place so that we had backups. It just wasn't going to work. So we had to refilm and it was okay. We got through it. It was a little rough for me. Julia liked it apparently, but (laughs) it was, it, it worked out. Okay. Fast forward a little bit. We fixed the cameras and we recorded again, but we uh, implemented a new format. Well, not totally new, but we just filmed in some different locations. And we tried some new stuff and it was not perfect by by a long shot. Yeah. Like, the camera was going in and out of focus. I would start talking. It would focus on Julia. We were so in a car. Yeah, so we that were in a car. Like we didn't have, like I think someone's lav mic died. It just wasn't perfect. I watched through the footage and it just wasn't, exactly what i had hoped it was close like i loved the feeling and the vibe and the concept but technically it just wasn't quite there and we made the decision to publish anyway because it wasn't so bad that it that was like totally totally distracting we published the video not a single comment about it going in and out of focus and let me tell you it was going out of focus for like eight minutes straight like in and out in and out I was so worried about it. Typically I'm not just because I don't notice little things like that. Right. But to, in this case, it was so bad and I was really worried. And I was just like watching the comments, watching not a single comment. In fact, some people even said, I loved the editing of this video. Yeah. It's like, okay guys. So what is it? Like it, it was really interesting to me. Like sometimes we feel like it's just this huge problem that, that can't be overcome or it's going to just totally make people hate our videos. And sometimes they just don't notice. Yeah. And then compare that to like a couple weeks prior we had a comment on a video saying that the white balance was off and they yeah. found that disturbing. Right. Like you just never know. Yeah. It's right. really bizarre. And maybe people give more grace if you're in a car or maybe they didn't notice. I don't know. That yeah. was funny to me though, yeah. because Cody is so good with cameras and he'll mm-hmm. notice if something is slightly out of focus right. where right. to Nathan and I were like, I, I don't like, really see it, but okay, we yeah. trust you. But yeah, in this case, like we both thought, uh Oh, that yeah. looks terrible and yeah. people didn't mind. Yeah. And I think maybe you just brought up a really good point. It could have been setting. Like yeah. maybe the fact that we were kind of out and about, we had multiple shots versus 
totally in the studio, A cam, B cam, white balance wasn't matching. I get that. Like, yeah, it's different. just maybe matching expectations. And I think that's a really good thing to remember is like, if you have a gaming channel, the expectations of your live streams may be different than someone who's teaching gardening or somebody who's, I don't know, whatever, building cars or what, like the expectation is just different. And mm-hmm. so trying to learn how to understand what your audience kind of expects from you, but then also realize that what do you like? Are you someone who just loves the details and wants everything just to look really perfect and you want to sound professional and like if that's your vibe great figure out a publishing schedule where that works for you where you can realistically and reliably create content like that if you're someone where the topic allows or the channel vibe allows where you don't have to pay attention to every single little detail it can be out of focus a little bit or sometimes the background noise is a little loud, but that's just part of the ambiance and like yeah. that just becomes part of the channel. Like that's okay. Every channel is so different. And I think that as creators, we just kind of want to sterilize everything. We want mm-hmm. it to look perfect and clean. I think be- the beauty of YouTube is it doesn't have to be. It can be a little bit to what you want it to be um, or your personality or, or little things like that. Yeah. And I think that applies to any step of this, not just, you know, camera settings or mm-hmm. your set. You know, if you love videos that have like a really in-depth storyline or even a subtle story, like where you don't really real noticing they're telling a story, but right. but if you went back and looked with a critical eye, you could see like, oh yeah, they use some pretty good storytelling techniques. Do that in your videos, especially if it applies really well to your niche. If you like videos that are more straightforward teaching kind mm-hmm. or maybe a hybrid, like just look at what you like and don't underestimate it. Like don't just assume that it's, more simple than it is look for those little hidden things of oh they were telling a story there they didn't call it out that they were telling a story but they did use these techniques really look at what they're doing but yeah you don't have to be everything yeah really don't and i think that makes every step of the process easier because so often it's some kind of perfectionism or just even energy or time or resources it kind of all ties back to feeling like it's not going to be good enough Mm -hmm. in some way or like you just don't have the time or the energy to make something good enough yeah and you can go too far the other way. You can. You, and I don't know how to tell somebody where to draw the line. Right. But maybe just start. I think just yeah, start and yeah. like then tweak from there. It's a draft. It Even totally a published is. video is a draft if you want it yep. to be. Yep. And the next one will be better. And the next one will be better. Yeah. Until you're good yeah. at it. It's really easy to get caught up in your first six months and feel like that is your channel forever but if you look back i mean even some of the biggest channels on the platform if you look at their beginning videos they're way different they're like different people almost like their personas have changed their editing Mm -hmm. has changed and in most cases improved and they're on camera presence and just every little aspect of their channel has evolved and some people choose to hide the old videos and there's nothing wrong with that if you're just totally pivoting your channel but some people choose to leave them as sort of this I don't know, is homage the right word? Like just to their old selves mm-hmm. and to what to where they came from and that they're proud that they started here and that they ended up where they are. I think it's okay to realize that even the biggest creators have gone through that. Some people are, are just born to be good on camera, I guess, but most people aren't. Yeah. And most of us who are starting on YouTube aren't actors and actresses. Like we just are normal people and we learn to get better. If you're always waiting to be good, you're going to wait a long time mm-hmm. because it's just repetition. I think a lot of it's repetition and just the desire to improve. If you tie those two things together, I think desire to improve plus repetition equals success. To me, that's like the simplest formula. Absolutely. Yeah. And at some point, sometimes people need to just publish more yeah. and focus on consistency 
more than even getting better quickly. Mm-hmm. And just look at each step of the process and figure out why you're really procrastinating. It's okay to to take breaks, but if you're not kind of tweaking your own psychology and your own process for making the videos, then you're not going to get as far either because you'll get burnt out. I always feel like if you have to force yourself too hard to do a habit too often, it's not sustainable Yeah, because you just aren't going to be able to do that forever. And so try to make it easier on yourself. Look at each step and try to figure out what it is that will make it just a little bit easier. And sometimes that's not being as hard on yourself. And sometimes it's recognizing that it's not where you want it to be, but being okay with that. Yep. I think you're in a good spot because you recognize where your channel could improve. You're not blind to it. You don't think you have the best channel in the world and it's perfect in every way. You know that it could be better and you know in which ways it could be better and in which aspects, but you are choosing to publish anyways. And that's a good spot to be right? because probably the worst spot you could be in is thinking that there's nothing that you could improve. Oh yeah. Second worst is probably thinking there's something you improve, but not knowing what it is, in which case you need feedback Mm -hmm. or compare yourself against other channels in your niche or other channels, not in your niche. But it's okay to publish recognizing that it's not perfect. The important thing is to recognize where it could be better and then work on improving, like mm-hmm. you said. So I mm-hmm. hope this is helpful. Yeah. It's hard. It's like really hard. It is hard. I think the, that's the biggest thing that I've learned is a lot of people when they say, I was listening to a, a podcast, a YouTube podcast the other day, and they said, all these YouTubers were talking together and they said, everyone always comes up and says, I want to be a YouTuber like you. All of them responded and said, okay, come back after you've made 50 videos and mm-hmm. let me know how you feel. Because it like, it does feel this, like this really awesome creative experience and opportunity. And it is, it totally is, uh, but it's not easy. I think a lot yeah. of people don't realize the work and the time and the energy and the resources that go into creating a single piece of content especially as a solo creator. It's not just easy. the uncertainty of not knowing like, right. is this good enough? Will this ever be good enough? Will yeah. this ever take off? Yeah. Will I ever figure it out? Yep. Yeah. I just saw a stat published by YouTube that just, they just passed 3 million creators in the YouTube partner program, wow. which is a lot. 3 yeah. million people. Like just think about like literally millions of lives have changed because they're making some amount of income on YouTube. Think of all the creators who aren't like there's like, I think over a hundred million channels on YouTube. So it's a small percentage but the more willing you are to put in, the more likely you'll get something out. With creative things, sometimes it just feels like you have it or you don't. But YouTube's not like that. It is creative, mm-hmm. but you can learn to do it. I truly believe that it's more like structured and objective than you might think. Yeah. So I made it this far. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, guys. Yeah. yeah. It I can I I can second that. <laughs> it's just like literally normal people. And I a lot of creators say that. It's like they feel like even big creators, when fans come up to them, they're like, I'm just a normal person. Yeah. And, you know, obviously they have become skilled in the art of YouTube, but they still feel that way because they started that way. They started as a normal person who just felt totally inadequate. Yeah. Um, and I think that the only way to combat that is to keep pushing forward. Yeah. So it's a learnable skill. Yeah, yep. totally. Cool. Thanks for being here, guys. So we'll talk to you next time.